Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. It's a pleasure to be here for this special episode in honor of the upcoming Yom Tev of Pesach. This is going to be a fascinating discussion as we discuss the cup for the visitor. What lies behind the Kaisel Eliyahu? I'm sure everybody listening, I shouldn't be sure, but I would think everybody listening has the minig that after they bench, they fill up a Kais and they open the door and it's an exciting part of the Seder who's opening is Eliyahu Navi there. They watched the wine in the cup bubble as Eliyahu Navi comes and actually drinks the kais. So perhaps we'll learn a little bit about this. I must begin by saying that this episode has been sponsored by friends of Ramosha Hubner, who is the Mechaber of Minchas Chinuch on Pesach, two volumes. One was put out last year, one was put out this year. I know that he just did an interview with Nachi Weinstein's Farm Chatter podcast where he discussed the Sefer and the impetus behind it. And I'm sure Rabbi Eliezer Brat, being the Sfarim addict that he is, he lets me use that word, I think he coined it himself, um, probably has the Sefer and could tell us very, very briefly what the Sefer is about. And before we hit the main episode. Yeah. So basically, Rabbi Hubner's Minchas Chinuch on Pesach, which is two volumes, as you mentioned so far, is like this. In 1869, one of the most famous populist farm, which has, was published, the Minchas Chinuch. And then for many years, different editions came out until more recently in our lifetimes, the edition of Mechon Yishalayim, which opened up the Minchas Chinuch to even more people for its weird abbreviations. Now, I mapped out a little bit about Reb Chaim in, in the Shurim on Reb Chaim Kanievsky, in the Sefer Nachal and I tied this into the, in general, the style of the Minchat which we're not going to discuss now, but what is what is this particular work? Looking at it briefly, it's as follows. Rabbi Hubner, he's a descendant of the Minchat Him and his father was also a tremendous Tamachacham. They spent lots of time over many years learning it very carefully. And they decided to make an adaptation of some of the materials into English. And the focus, the work does as follows. First of all, it's in English. It's very clear, very crystal clear, actually. It uses charts, for example, to break down the, the complicated lumbus of the Minchas Chinuch, what he's famous for. It also gives you the necessary background. A lot of times, one of the things when you have to learn Minchas Chinuch, you have to look up all the various Gemaras and, and other uh, Taisis in some places. He gives you all that also. It's not a, it's not a simple translation. It's He adds tons of insight with lots of new material of the, that they found through their own research from hundreds of svarim. The layout is beautiful. This we have to give credit to Mechon Ali Zayed from Rabbi Shemanowitz. And basically, this makes Lumdus much more accessible in English. There's almost nothing similar currently out there. So we highly recommend this work, and we thank them, the friends of Rabbi Hubner, for sponsoring this episode of Kavit Pesach. Okay, so let's jump right into our topic, the Keshel Eliyahu. What are the, I guess, brief introduction, and what are the sources you'll be using to enlighten us about the Kaisal And then I would love to hear, what are the earliest sources where the Kaisal is actually mentioned? The one famous, famous uh, quote, I, I can't even recall now where I saw it, but it's, you know, Kirsa the Yankisa, right? We know that the Lashayna Shal Geula are connected to the Dalit Kaisis, and then say, Vevesi is the Kaisal Eliyahu. So where does that come from? We'll also be discussing how could Eliyahu be in so many places at once? Is that even a question? Um, and so many other fascinating discussions 
let's not let's try not to get into too many rabbit holes, you know, regarding Kershaw Leo and keep this episode to forty five minutes to an Correct. hour. The idea, Everybody, bro, yeah, take the idea it away. is we're, we're trying to keep it to one episode. Okay, so here's the story. About 19 years ago, um, Pesach morning, a friend of mine's father comes into shul very cynically and says, it can't be that there's a real source for Eliyahu Navi coming to the Seder and the Kaishal Eliyahu and everything. He found it very hard to believe. So I took it upon myself as a challenge to check into, I'm fond of looking and exploring the origins of Menhagim. I took upon myself already immediately that the first day, I think it was the first day of Yantif, ready to start researching it and using my Haggadah my, my vast Haggadah collection and other materials, and I and I started looking. The Chalamoid, I believe it was already, I headed off right away to JTS and to, to find materials about this topic. About 10 years ago, I published some of my findings in English and then updated it again, and the plan was to, original, to put out a Hebrew up, more updated article afterwards, which I wrote most of it. However, Sadly, a rabbit hole, it basically became a rabbit hole, and I'm working on a small book on the topic. One of these days I hope to publish. Okay, now, the, the, the questions that we hope to at least touch on over here is, what's the earliest origin of a Kaishal Elio? When does one pour it? In the beginning of the Seder? After after benching? Why do we do it? Is there any connection to Shveich HaMascha? Is there any connection about the opening of the door with this minig? Does Elio actually come? Does he drink from the kais? Um, what happens afterwards? What happens with the kais afterwards? Do we drink from it? Or do you leave it out on the table the whole night? All these types of things. So we hope to touch a little bit about everything. I'm not going to go into every single detail. Um, as time, we are trying to keep it under a certain amount of time. As I like to always mention, I'm going to mention this very, very briefly, what sources did I use? So on Elia Navi, there's endless amount of sources about him. He's such a significant player. There's so many different things. Example, let's say for a bris, which some of these questions actually are, are relevant. Does Elia Navi really come to a bris? So that is early Makairis for. Um, how does he go to so many brisim at the same time? And then there's famous Shilas on Shabbos, Tchumim, all these different questions. They, they relate over here, but we're not going to discuss about bris right now. Okay, now, the Marshall is a tefillah based on, a, on an early Kabbalistic minig, we say Psach Elio, which just is just an excuse. To, that many Svardim say it daily, Hasidim say it weekly, others say it um, other times, and basically it's a piece of Zayar with Elia I believe it has to, a connection that Elia Navi is supposed to be the author of this piece. I'm, the only reason why I'm, I'm just throwing this out here is because just now a new Savyad relating to this um, piece in Zayar just was just came to print within the less than 24 hours in the latest issue of Yishurun. Um, there's other books on Elia Navi. There's a fellow, Daniel Matt, recently wrote a book about Elia Navi, but there's so many. I'm not going to list all of them. There's various new PhDs on Elia Navi that also tie into our story of Kaishal Elio. There's a fellow, Lear Jacobi, who's written, um, he's pub I think he has plans to write about six articles all relating somehow with aspects of Kaishal Elio, at least. Two or three of them were published, and I could, if someone asks for the PDFs of them, I, I'd be more than happy to send them out. In general, we know Minigisrol Tairi. And so, not only is it Minigisrol Tairi, but it creates an excuse to learn a lot of Tyra, and that's what hopefully we'll see today. Now, in, in 1958, a small little work came out on the Sigil Kaisha Leo by a fellow, Rabbi Huda Vida, a tremendous person. I'm not going to get into all the story of this person. He was a Rav in different places, and he ends up making Aliyah. And he was a prolific writer in numerous places. He wrote journals, Svarim and Yiddish, Hebrew. He's an expert in all different types of things. Somehow, the topic of Eliyahu Navi coming to the Seder fascinated him, and he put out this booklet called Kaishal Eliyahu Navi. In general, most people that write about it, either they steal from him and don't give him credit, 
or they give him credit. But he basically, with tremendous bequeaths of, of that period of time, put together a, a lot of the materials based on sources in German, Yiddish, Hebrew, and different things. But we, you, and we and you have to give a for what he did for the topic. He also was an excellent writer. He writes in a certain style. and But we have to judge a Sefer based on the sources that he was able to see. The, 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 not every Sefer was available at the time. And stuff came to light as time went on, which we'll mention along the way. Now, just one other point with him is, while I was working um, over 10 years ago, while I was working on the topics, I decided one time I was in a library, I didn't have my copy of Kaishal Elio of his handy, so I just decided, it was in the Barilan library, I decided, let me look up something in the, I need to see something inside, as we know, so I order up the copy that Barilan has, and I see all of a sudden an entry, it says that they have the autographed copy of Rebbe Vida with Editions that were never published. I immediately get all excited. I order it up, and it comes up with a whole bunch of papers and a lot of editions. And it seems that he was planning on making a second edition, but he died beforehand. I took this as a Simra Shamayim with tracking down his grandson, getting permission from Barilan University, and I released this all in a volume 10 years ago with all the new editions of his on the topic, and it looks like this. Uh, anyway, now... Um, Okay, so that's the, the one of the main sources. And then, of course, like everything else, there's dozens of articles about it, which we're not going to cite all of them. Each one, um, everyone always has something useful in them. One other um, point of sources is there's a lot of times there's such a thing, you also have to look in autobiographical materials. And we're going to see a little bit also, Mishumadim, people that went off, when they talk about their memoirs about being Jewish, and also Christians, how they describe Yiddish uh, Shemunagim. Okay, Ad Khan for the sources. Okay, so now, tell us, you know, I'm this Lakewood guy, if I open up my Svarim, where am I going to find the earliest sources for Kais Shel Elio? Okay, so, so interestingly enough, it's like this. The, one of the very important svarim and Shulchan Aruch Bechlal is from the Knesset Daila. So the less known, but known, is that the Knesset Daila wrote a Sefer Pesach Meuven on Hilchas Pesach. It was printed after he dies in 1692. In there we find, now he's more Svardi. He writes as follows. The, um, that people would add into their kais, they, some Ashkenazim were put in the Shulchan on the table, an empty for everyone else. And what the Kairin they would call it a Kaishal And I enjoyed this minute. And what you do was you pour all, like a lot of time you have wine from each of the Kaisas. So you pour the leftover wine into this cup. And before the next cup is poured. And then at the end, we're middle of the Suda, I, they would drink this cup. This is what the Knesset Daila says. This is printed in 1692. There's no connection to Elio Hanavi, but it was called Eli Kaishal Elio Hanavi. And this was probably one of the most known early sources about it. Now, he's, he, he, he's saying is, it's Ashkenazi Minik. Okay. Fast forward, Mamish, in a work printed around that time in 1696 from the Chok Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Reicher, he writes, and he was a Rav in Germany, in, in different places in Germany, so here it's a little different. They would pour a special kais, calling it Eliyahu Navi, but, he, but when did they pour it? Unclear. Fine. 
Now, at this point, there's no connection to Shoei Hamascha or Eliyahu Navi coming to visit the Seder. Another early source is a little later, in 1728, where Moshe Chagiz prints a small sefer, a Maimon Hagim, in the, in the back of a sefer called Berchus Eliyahu. Someone asked the question, what's shot that they, they have this case called Eliyahu Navi? Now here it seems interesting they would prepare a bed that the Balabayas would leave it there um, at the end of the Seder Kinnere and they would leave the kais with the wine and they would say it's L'Shem Eliyah Navi and it seems the person was asking Ramesh Chagiz is a strange minig is there anything behind it or is it a shtos is, um, okay Ramesh Chagiz says no it's a vada do not make fun of minig Yisrael and then he says you have to be chayker um, what the makar for this minig is, and he gives a reason which we'll get to Amir Tashem. So here we see a different minig. So what's going on over here? We, th- these are the earliest sources, and you're seeing different things. Now, Ramayisha Chagiz actually says, what about the Pesach movement? He says he doesn't know what's shot in that minig. It's a, it's a mistake to pour the wine into the tape from the from the leftover wine and, and stuff to put it. It's a zilzil, and he doesn't understand what the reason is, and he, and he does not do, um, recommend to do such a thing. Okay. A little later, Rabbi Yaakov Emden and his famous Siddur, Beis Yaakov, which ends up becoming very, very famous, says, we prepare a kais, a big kais, and we call it Eliyahu Navi. Here he adds in a big kais. But again, when exactly? Why? No reason given. Okay, a drop a little later, that's 1745. 1782, we have Aaron Vermeiz in his Sefer Meir a very interesting person. He says they would do it. Alzheimer's, um, um, so he wouldn't have to, that the Balabais wouldn't have to pour. Um, but then he says an interesting reason basically is that the kids would ask and they would, and he would say it's for Elio Anavi and it's sort of to avoid, um, um, people that would make fun of this type of minig. So not really that Elianovi does come, just people would say, what's it for? And so again, what's going on? We're still in the dark. What's behind this minig? We get a little further. In 1803, there's a fellow, Rabbi Yitzhak ben Rebbe, who's a mashulach from Yerushalayim. He puts out a sefer called Chedushi Dina Mehilch's Pesach. And he writes there, Achar Kiddush, he's, he's, now he's referring to Minhagim of Yerushalayim for the most part. He says, Achar Kiddush, Yesh noyagin l'aniach al-shulchan kais gadol reikam, an empty kais, chutz mina kais tzrichim el and you fill it up, and you drink it, middle of the sudavu min kasher, this is mamish, similar to the what the Knesset Gdala brings down. You go a little further, the Shulchan Archa Rav says, v'noyagin l'aniach that you pour an extra cup, and you call a kais Again, why, when, we're, it's still unclear. Some cipher, we see that the, 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 those that record the Menachem Chassam cipher, they were at the Seder and he would, he would have a very nice cup. But here he says other people did not drink from it. Interestingly enough, in another place it says, a Talmud is made, that the Chassam cipher would take this the, the, from the Eser Makais, the when you pour the wine, he would pour this into the Kaisha Elio. Interesting. You go fast forward, we have a, um, the Kitzel uh, Shulchan Aruch. He brings down. That they would pour an extra cup, but again, it's not found after Birchas um, um in the Kitzur It's at the beginning of the Seder Kilo. So you basically have an extra uh, cup at the beginning of the Seder. Very strange. Okay, you look at the Archa Shulchan. The Archa Shulchan talks about it. Um, um, it's also unclear exactly when it was done according to Archa Shulchan. And, and the Mishnah Bura also brings down the Minig, and he even brings a reason, which it's unclear what his source for his reason was. But anyway, the point is, we're, we're in the dark. We see a Minig that's called, that they call the Kaishalila. Why it's being called Kaishalila, when it's exactly being poured, unclear, and what exactly how it works. Okay. Now, just to um, 
conclude this part is that um, I mentioned there's autobiographical information always that's very helpful. I'm not going to mention all the different sources, just briefly. There's a fascinating autobiography from a, a lady, Pauline Weingroff. Her fa- what's significant is her father was Rabbi Yehuda Epstein, and he wrote a sefer, Minchas Yehuda, amazing sefer on Shas, and he learned in Valajan, and he learned, besides learning in Valajan, he, for, for a period of time, he also learned Shas, Be'iyun, with the Nachlas David Talmud Muvuk of Rechaim Velazhin. The Sefer has fascinating information about the world of Lita. And this daughter of his wrote autobiography many years later. In 1912, it's published in German. Anyway, she starts talking about the Seder, and towards the end, she says, basically, they would pour the cup, a large silver goblet was filled. This is a translation from German. In the middle, It was put aside in the middle of the table for Prophet Elio. And um, she gives a reason behind it, similar to some of the reasons that we'll see later on. And then she says like this, We children firmly believed in the popular tradition that the Prophet Elio came unseen and took a sip from the cup. Without moving a muscle, we stared at the cup to see if it would move, and we were convinced that he was present, and that that got us scared. Then afterwards, all the cups were then filled, and then he, the father, the this Chashev Tamachacham, would instruct the servant to open the door, and then we would begin to say Shveicha Maska, um, etc., etc., and that's it. Now, interestingly enough, in some, in a, some of the translations of the of of this autobiography, they took out this whole passage. I have no idea why not. One other source, and then we'll move on to the uh, we'll start fly, moving much faster, is in nineteen in eighteen thirty one. It seems there was a in Vilna there was some type of xera and it was affecting the Beisak Forest. They wanted to destroy the Beisak Forest and stuff like that, and they the Yidden were very sad about it. They couldn't do anything about it anyway. It seems they were going to destroy even more at a certain point in time, right around Pesach time. And these people come at night to, to they were going to destroy even more parts of the Pesach forest. All of a sudden, someone dressed in white who lived right near the Pesach forest opens up the door. He was wearing his kittel and he starts saying, Baruch Haba, because he was being Mazmin, who Elia Navi, um, before he drinks his kais. And these kids, they saw this guy, they got all scared. They he was right near, I guess, Basak Forest, so they were assuming it's a ghost, I don't know, whatever. They ran and and in short, the Xera of destroying the base of the of this Basak Forest was shut down, so to speak. So okay, this is a cute story. This is a legend that they would say in Vilna in 1831. Fine, whatever you could take from this anyway. Okay. Now we move on to further um into this story. Fine. So Mr. Shem. You're going to give your history of ghosts throughout the ages, right? That's a different episode. Um, one day. Yeah, one day. Looking for a sponsor. <laughs> ghosts throughout the ages in the Talmud. No, the after Torah. the Talmud. After the, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. after the Talmud. Fine. So you brought us until 1831. Um, what happens between 1831 and the 1980s? Did anything happen between then and what happens in the 1980s? Okay, so... so Interestingly enough, we're going to jump first. We'll go backwards. We're going to go, you said 1980. So I said you always have to judge a person based on the sources they have. In nineteen in the 1984, Mechon Yerushalayim had a project called Mithil Tyrus Chachme Ashkenaz, which still from time to time does release material relating to Ashkenaz. And they printed a book. Originally it was printed in their journal, Myria, eventually in a safer from Zalman Binga. And he, who was he? He's a Talmud of the Maril, an Enikol um, of Ramanachem Tziuni, which we actually mentioned um, recently in the Saita episode. Who, in this, this Rav Binga dies when? In 1471. In his Sefer, 
he here comes, we now have the earliest source for Kaisha Lilio. And he says that there's a minig that some people have, that they pour a big kais, uh, sorry, a kais miyuchid, put it in the table, and they call it Eliyahu. And he says, Then he suggests, maybe it has to do with, because if Eliyahu is going to come, he needs to have cups of wine. And, we, and we're mechakeh, that Eliyahu Navi should come, Leila Seder. So you have, so, and we know, Afilo Anisha Israel says in the Mishnah in Avi Psachim, you're not supposed to have less than four kaises. So he has to have a kais muchan. So we have this cup at the ta- at the table. So he says he. So he's just trying to come up with a reason, and he suggests this possible reason, but not that that is the reason. And he, and also, we see that what's important is taka. We don't see in Rishayim beforehand any mention of such a thing called kaishalilio. So here, this might be in his time it started. Whatever that means, also that obviously needs to be explored in general when you find such a thing with Minhag. Anyway, nineteen. 88 comes around, and Mechon Yishlein puts out something called Minhagam of Vermaiza from Rabbi Yisfa Yisfa Shemesh. And he also talks about that they will prepare. And it, from here, it sounds like um, that there's going to be a special guest, and they would prepare a kais, kaisal aliyah navi, for this guest who we're always, being, uh, we're always waiting for him to come. Now, this guest and this um, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Shemesh, we're going to return to in a few minutes. What more, what else he says in his piece. But that's another source. So here we have another source uh, about it, and this is also an earlier source. The last source that I'm going to mention over here is that Rabbi Yaakov Emden wrote Ha'aris on the Pesach Mu'uvin of the Knesset Dalit, which we quoted earlier. So we already mentioned that Rabbi Yaakov Emden um, likes the Minig. He says that the, the, they did this Minig. But he says that that they would pour in the shiur, the, the leftover kaisis, that he's against. You're not supposed to drink from something that someone else drank from. Um, but the Etzim Minig, to prepare a big kais for covet of Elio, this he says, So there must be a source for it. Okay? Similar to what we said, Ramay Shechagiz says that, okay. One last source just to throw out there. Um, we're just we're talking about new sources. So in recent years, Chuvas Rebekiva Yosef Schlesinger, very interesting material. So he also, it's published from manuscript, and this also has a Chuva on the topic. Fine. Okay. Now let's get further on into our story, and it's as follows. I mentioned that that one of the sources that we to use for minhagim in general and minhagim that you don't find in the Nice Kelim Mashalchan Arach, you have to try to look is in autobiographical accounts and accounts of people that went off to there. So there's one such person over here, Antini, uh, Anti, we'll call him Margarita, but his first name was Anti. No, uh, I'm going to forget it. I'm not going to break my teeth on his first name. But anyway, the point is like this: He's the son of a chashev a gadol at the time, a yakasher rav, Rabbi Yaakov Margolis, and he writes an attack on Yiddishkeit after he goes off to Derech and becomes a Christian in the 1530s. And he's referring to Leil Seder. He talks about what happens by Shveicha Moscha, which he says, "Why was Shveicha Moscha to curse out the goyim?" And then they open up the door, and then someone comes into the room. As if dressed up, as if he's Eliyahu Navi, that he's coming to say that Mashiach's coming, and he says this is a very, this is a, they're being mezalzel in Mashiach and Eliyahu Navi, they're making a joke from this. This is what he says in 1530. So we see over here that what's, what's interesting is here we're having 1530, this is an early date, um, earlier than almost all the sources, and there's something about opening the door, Eliyahu coming to visit. Okay, 
But this does not tie into Kaisha Lelio. Interestingly enough, a safer, a different Yekisha safer that um, was published, it was only published in the 1720s, but it, but the author was a dying on the Bezdin of the Shla. We've quoted him in the past in the different episodes. It was Rabbi Yosef Yusfa, Rabbi Yosef Yusfa, um, author of the Yosef Oymets. So he says, by what did they do? By Shvei Chamascha? The how nice is Haminik Shoisin Davarma Zeichel Mashiach Shenoyf Lechel Usaycha Pesach B'Shasas Chol Shoich that someone when they would open the door someone would come in dressed up like Eliyahu Navi and he's praising the minute. Why are we doing this? Kdei Laharis Belel Gulaseina Rishayna Munuseina Chazika Gulaseina Achreinu V'Yaminu B'Munushleim B'Shtei Gulaseil to remind us and that we believe that Mashiach he's he's giving a whole different spin than this um, son of Yaakov Margolis. Interestingly enough. It's sort of like, some people say, it's more like just to get the kids awake, to keep them awake, to surprise them, to make it interesting for them. Um, this is also what's behind it. Um, and there's a lot of sources for, for doing such things during the say. They're all different types of things. There's a different uh, share to, to discuss, the different minhagim that we do to keep the kids into it. But interestingly enough, not only is this um, this fellow, this Christian fellow, or who's a Mashumid actually, against this minig, but the Makar Chaim writes this that they do, that they have someone dress up and everything. Um, it's 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 a pritzusa vechuka. Okay, now now let's move on into this um, um, to the next topic, which relates to what we just said. Makar Chaim, Mishpat. No, no, interestingly not. Uh, sorry, because I should have spelled it out. It, a lot of people always say that. This is Makar Chaim of Rabbi Yair Bachrach, author of the Chavis Yar. So this is, very, this is also a sefer that was only published in the 1980s for manuscript, an incredible, incredible sefer in Archaim. Okay. Now, moving on, which continues, which, which relates to this last thing, which is that at Shveich HaMascha, um, Eliyahu Navi and kids and seeing stuff is like this. Various people have pointed, and I'm not going to give the long list, but Yehuda Avida is amongst them, point to, if you look at Jewish art, which we spoke about a little bit at the end of the episode that we gave last year on Haggadah Shal Pesach, that there's a many, many Haggadahs that um, which have pictures, art, pi- this picture Haggadahs, and we, throughout the ages, and not only that, we now know in the, in the times of the Rishayim, there's manuscript Haggadahs that are full of illustrations, and the question is, what are they for, and who is the audience? So obviously, uh, a Pashup shot is, it was to, um, um, it would seem that it was to get the kids into it. They had pictures. Pictures today, we know all about comics and everything. Um, I'm saying there's all different types of Agadas from all different companies currently today. Uh, I believe Corin has a Agada, but not, um, re- a recent Agada, but there's dozens of Agadas with pictures. And the point is to engage the children. So early on, already they've been doing this. Now, uh, and in the beginning of print, They've been doing this. So there's illustrations in Haggadahs, and a lot could be learned from these illustrations. But for our purposes, by Shvei Hamaska, many of the pictures you'll see around Shvei Hamaska is a picture of a, of a donkey, an Eliyana, someone who looks like Eliyana, and a Shaifer. So the connection's obvious. There's some type of thing, some type of connection between Mashiach, Eliyana, and, and um and the donkey that's taking place at Shmei HaMascha. Now, but that does not interpret, there's no picture of a kite in, mo, in, in almost all these Haggadahs, there's no picture of a kite but Shmei HaMascha, and that we're opening the door, and we're inviting him in, um, or as even Rabbi Yosef, the Yosef Aymets, when he's talking about it, it's, it's someone's coming in, it's Eliyahu Navi to remind, so we see there's some type of thing going on with Eliyahu Navi coming to the actual Seder. Okay, now, 
interest and 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 this goes as i said you could find this in pictures going back to the middle ages even before print fine so we have some type of makar in numerous paintings and art that Eliyahu Navi does actually come to the Seder, it sounds like. Okay. Back to, I mentioned that an early source was, is Rabbi Yosef Yusuf Shemesh in Minhagim of Vermaiza, he talks about this minig, and he says that they would prepare a kais. Then he says an interesting thing. He says, Mazikim, when you say the name Eliyahu Navi, Mazikim go away. Then he says as follows. When you're opening up the door by Shveich HaMascha and people say, Eliyahu Navi and Mashiach is going to come. So we want to chase away the Mazikim. So we say Eliyahu Navi's name. Then he says as follows. Some places have. They have pictures of Mashiach and Eliyahu. Why? For the children. But he says as follows. Not to tell them that Eliyahu Navi comes, but rather, they're going to see the picture, they're going to say the name Eliyahu, so this is a whole new, different picture, in the, in the in all those illustrations that you see, it's not because Tak Eliyahu Navi is really coming and everything, which there is, Makairis for it, as we said, from the Yosef Aymets and others, but that he's saying is, it's just a skula to, to protect us from Mazikim, and, and as a matter of fact, there's different reasons which we're going to get to. Why do we open up the door on the Leila Seder? When we, um, so one of the reasons, that of the many different reasons that's given, let me see if I can find this right now. Yeah, we open up the door, because early, in early ages, there were people that they would, they would, there would be always malshinim on Jews, and that, they, that they're cursing the Melech and the Goyim. So we open up the door to say that chas v'shalom, we're not, we're not referring to this. Um, we're doing this v'shalom. But then there's a different reason. Some people say it was they opening up the doors because there's always the famous stories that people grow up with um, that they that there would be a blood libel and there would be a, they would just open up the door and they discover it. So, so it has to do with that. But anyway, but the point that I, the, the, the point over here is as follows and, and to conclude with this piece is as follows. Even though one could say you have the art and it shows pictures of Eliyahu Navi and Mashiach uh, or something looking like Mashiach and a Hamar and a Shaifer and that's what you interpret, it's it's rather just to, when you're opening up the door, um, it's to chase away Mazikim. Okay, but this gets us to the next question, and that is, where does the minig of opening up the door come from? So interestingly enough, the Ramah brings this down. For, it seems his, his makar is Mem Hey Reish Yud Beis. In general, that abbreviation stands for Bishral Bruna, that is a minig by Shvaicha Mascha, you open up the door. What's this have to do with? Because it's Lel Shimurim, and we don't have doors open. So Shdafka Shvaicha Mascha, you open up the door. Okay, so but over there it says in the, in the Makar if, of the Arzua, our belief during we open up the door. should be to come, and this is brought down the Rama and the Lavosh, Matimaisha, and others. Where's the Makar for this? So it's the Arzarua. Um, and earlier, Remissim Gain and other Makairis and Gainim, that they would open the door. Now, interestingly enough, in certain Nuskais of this, Lamash on the Sefer Amanig, it says that you wouldn't have the door, you wouldn't have the door when you go to sleep at night, you'd make sure to leave open the door, which is a whole portion in Halacha about it. But it says, The point is that he should find the door open. So this is, again, something to do with, ah, that Eliyahu Navi is actually coming to the Leil Hasid. Anyway, 
Anyway, to just get moving over here is as follows. Lamashal, the Afla's son, in his incredible drush, say for Lachmi Taida, he's talking about, he's giving a musr to his kihila, and he's saying, you know, all these rich people, they don't invite guests. And he says, in the beginning of the Seder, what do we do? We, they make sure the door is locked. Ay, it's Lel Shimurim. But they don't want to bring in Aniyim. And when you say, they're really lying. And also, then suddenly they open the door to come into the house. So we see already in, in, in the early 1800s, such a minute that they opened the door so that Eliyahu and Navi could come in. Now, Everyone grew up with stories of different gedolim that they had. Eliyahu and Navi come to the seder. Lamashol, there's a the, the famous Tyrus Chesed, the Valdekachuva sefer. He didn't let anyone come to his seder, and they say why? Um, because Eliyahu and Navi would come, and he didn't want anyone else to be there. Okay, Remendel Zaks writes about the seder of the Chavetz Chaim that um, that uh, that. Um, He was able to, from the story that he asked Chavetz Chaim something, he was able to understand that who was at the Seder, none other than Eliyahu Navi. Okay, there's another story, Lamashal, the Belzarebba, um, such a thing. And there's, and there's many stories in the, in the Hasidic literature and other stories that, that, that Eliyahu Navi came. Interestingly enough, there's, but there's much more, much earlier story, sources for such a thing that Eliyahu Navi Taka comes to the little Haseder, and that's as follows. There's um, a story with Rabbi Chassid that it's brought now this um, from the 1300s and onwards. Numerous, numerous stories of Rabbi Yudah Chassid became famous, and the way they become famous, they they were told over through different. Um, venues, and they were published in Hebrew and in Yiddish and in, in different places. So I'm just going to, one sto- one such story was that there was a, there was a Yid, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Schneir, who in, in, in the same place, in the same city of Rabbi Yehuda Chassid, and B'Kitzer, the point was that at Leil Pesach, when they got out to Kilo Noeh, he saw that Rabbi Yehuda Chassid was very happy. Um, B'Kitzer, he asked him why, and uh, he said, because Elio Anavi is with us. He was with us. She so says, Oi, I wasn't Zaycha to see him. This other person says, He says, No, don't worry, Eliyahu Navi was standing closer to you than to me. But the point was that Eliyahu, here we have Eliyahu Navi coming to the Leil HaSeder, to the Seder of Rabbi Lachasim. And this was a, a source going back hundreds of years, such a story, that there was such a story. And, and as we know, till today, when it opens up all the numerous Haggadahs, you'll always find such stories with different great Kedalim that Eliyahu Navi actually visited. Now, What's the reasoning behind this? So Ramesha Chagiz, who I told you in the original, uh, I mentioned earlier, he ties this into that just like there's a meaning of Kishish Elio, where Elio Anavi comes, he, t- he connects that somehow, that we show um, we're doing the carbon Pesach properly. This was the original time when, the, when, when Elio Anavi would come, even then. And that's why we say, which is referring to Dam Mila and Dam Pesach, and this is the Shvach of Klal Yisrael, um, that Elio Anavi comes to witness that we're all doing the mitzvahs properly. This is what Ramayi Chagiz um, says, more barichos about it. With, okay, fine. Now, Veering away from this topic for a minute of, of Eliyahu Navi in this aspect, a completely different, interesting Mahalach to explain what's going on behind the Kaisha Elio, and this can be found in Martha Gimpel Yafi, a great Talmud of the Valajan Yeshiva from Ritzvah Valajan, uh, great guy. He says it's really has to do with um, Zecher Lechorbim. And and to remind us that who's going to be the guy who we always find in halacha you're supposed to you're supposed to have things zeichel lechorben even at a suda you're supposed to do different things so everything at the seder is gevaldik but there's an important factor you have to remember zeichel lechorben of what was 
of the of the korban that were that were the base hamigdash and the carbon pesach and all that. And that's why we have this kais yo, who's going to be the person that's going to be goyulas? And that's why we say by Okay, this is where Umar Tchagimpliyafi, his son-in-law, brings this down in his in his book, his small little book that he published, that was just recently published on this Umar Tchagimpliyafi, and he was bechlal very concerned in various things about Zechel Chorben. This Umar Tchagimpliyafi, and he ends up making Aliyah to Yisrael. This is a different story. Anyway, um, fine. So. The, at this point, where where we have mentioned various reasons, and now I would just like to mention one more um, famous uh, famous reason, which you alluded to all the way in the beginning, and and then conclude with two or three other very short points, and that's as follows. Up till now, we 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 still don't have a good makar of where is it coming from. Okay, so in nineteen oh five. There was a, a Yid, Rabbi Yehuda Yudel Rosenberg, who prints from manuscript Agadish al Pesach, and he says it's Agadish al Pesach of the Maral, of the Maral, and it has two Perushim, one's called Lashon Limudim, and one's called Divrei Negidim. And he says this is from a son-in-law of the Maral. Um, okay, this Agada is published instantly numerous times. Okay, he says. Interestingly enough, in his introduction, this is a kitzer of the Maral's Gevuris Hashem, and it has Dvarim Chadashim. But he doesn't say what these Dvarim Chadashim are. Anyway, when you open up the Haggadah by Shvei Hamascha, he says, there's, he ties in Mamish, Psichas, to open the door with Eliyahu Navi, and that's why we pour a Kais, V'chei Moizin L'chvoide, Kais to show to the to Bnei Beisai, Shagula Shleima Tali B'Biyas Haggad Tzedek, and that's why. This is quoting the Maral Al Pitam Zeh Nagti Loim Rebeis Psiches Adeles. I say Tfilas Arachman Mapsukam Amayir Malinin Zeh. Now, then he has Arichos about the sugya in Gemara. If one should have four cases or five cases, then he brings down that that you should. It's a school for Parnasa and the Kaisha Leo. He ties it into Eliyahu Navi coming to the Bris and Shvei Hamas over now that he's the Malach of Shefa Bracha. Okay, so Bekitzer, we have over here someone tying every everything that you want tied together, beautifully tied together, and none other than who? This is the morale. The morale in this Haggadah published in 1905. Okay, so then we have, it's, it's amazing. Now, because what, what, we're, we're tying in a Sugyam Psachim. Now, what's the Sugyam Psachim? So just to mention, the Sugyam Psachim says, um, um, one uh, one line from it. It talks about Tanur Rabbanan Revi Goimer Love is a Halal. The fourth cup. You say Halal Goimer Halal Divrei Tarfin. And this is the Girsa. But there's another Girsa, which is Chamishi Goimer Love is a Halal Gadol Divrei Tarfin. Meaning to say that there's a fourth cup, and numerous manuscripts show this and Goinim and Rishayim that there's a Makar according to Tarfin. It is a fifth cup. And when is this fifth cup? Around this period of time at the Seder. And Rimnaham Kasher ends up writing a whole country documenting the story of the Kais Chamishi. And he comes out with the conclusion that you should drink the Kais Chamishi. And here we have the morale, according to this Haggadah, in 1905, pro the Kais Chamishi. But the morale is going a step further. He's saying the Kais Chamishi is the Kais of Eliyahu Anavi. All the Makairis of the Rishayim and Gainim that talk about it, and the Gears and Mar, don't, they don't talk about a Kais Eliyahu, but they talk about a Kais Chamishi. So here we have the fifth cup, that cup that all these people that we saw already from Reb from the Shiar from the Knesset and onwards that talk about pouring a kaisha Leo, 
It comes out according to the morale. That's the that's what? It's not Stama cup that they were pouring. They were doing the Kais Hamishi. But what's interesting is none of those sources say anything about drinking the Kais Hamishi, which is what this Sugi is talking about. How does one combine the two? So Obviously, it's a it's a it's an issue because the, this morale Haggadah, so to speak, is being miyachas with the morale, such a thing. But nowhere else do we find, and and you would you would think what, this is a topic that everyone talks about. The Rishayim talk about Gaidim, and they they became an Haga amongst people already early on, without going to the whole list, to have a kais chamishi. But no one points out that that kais chamishi is Eliyahu. But we're going to get to what people say in a minute um, to talk about it earlier than this morale. But it turns out this morale, Haggadah, a lot of people end up using it as a makar. You should be drinking a kais chamishi. But it turns out, just like we know the story of the morale and the gailam, which was also published by the same Revila Rosenberg, is not true. It's baloney, in plain, simple English. And I'm not going to get into explaining the whole story behind it. One could be eyeing on the internet various articles of Professor Schneider's Alma Lyman. And of course, there's going to be people that are going to try, come and try to bring rise that really the morale did create a gailim. The seder, the, um, um, that's not the topic. I do remember one year, Rabbi Reisman, his famous Navi Shir, years and years ago, he quoted, he said as a Dover Pasha, he ended off a Shir, saying that the morale of the gailim never happened. And people were very upset. What do you mean? I grew up reading the Jewish press and there's all the stories of the gailim, so it has to be true. So he seems he got enough People um, um, asked him, it can't be. So he went, and the next year, he gave a 20-minute year discussing the proofs of that the morale's gailim is not, is not um, um, as far as we know from the evidence, not that the morale could not have created a gailim, but the story, based on the evidence that we do have, is not true. Anyway, um, so the point is, this morale Haggadah, we have the Gvur Hashem, Meir the Kachibar of the morale and Hachas Pesach, which the Pais can quote, and they had it already right then. He, he doesn't talk, he has Arichos on the Sugi of Kais Hamishi. There we don't see, he mentions, by the way, I have this Meir the thing called Kais and all this, suddenly, what, what, what's going on over here? Anyway, so, as I said, it's accepted by most people, I believe, that the, the morale Haggadah of Rabbi Rosenberg is not authentic. And this whole shtickle tire is a gewaldic shtickle tire of his, but it's not the morale. Okay. But let's go further. But how does it link to what you were saying? <coughs> because we, now we're holding at the Kais Hamishi. Turns out it does. And that is that like this. Why is it called Kais Elio? Is as follows. Because there's a machlaikis in the Gemara if you need five cups or four cups. So they said, pour, pour a Kais Hamishi. But don't drink it. We call it Kaishal Elio because Eliyahu is going to come, Bizman of Mashiach, and he's going to tell us what's the real halacha. So that's why it's called Kaishal Elio. Not because Eliyahu comes to the Leila Seder, but because it's a suffix, and we know who's going to be Paishal all Asveik is Teku, all of the Gemara. So they claim this is from the Vilna Gain. Most likely the Vilna Gain did not say it, but it's possible Refrain Zalmar Golas said it. Okay? There's a lot of interesting material about this. I mentioned this, Lord Jacobi wrote about, wrote about it also. The, the, the earliest source seems from a Heber 1837 from Barrett Levinson. Interesting person. But it, we won't go into all the Pratim due to lack of time. I want to keep this episode um, only to one episode. I, I have Rahmanus on everyone. But the point is that the the according to this reason, whoever it is, a chashiv person definitely said this vart, and uh, there's a long list of chashiv people. Just to mention Rebbe Fisher Perlau, um, he seems to say it also. And I I collected a list of I don't know maybe 15, 20 people that that say that say different aspects of this vart. They also tied into another nakuda, which is as follows: we, we we said you're opening up the door, and the door also ties into we know. Um, 
what, what's going on? You're opening up the door, but didn't we say in the beginning of the Seder called the Chunyetz of Yechel? So why are you opening the door all, all, all of a sudden at the end? So the answer is because in the Gemara there's a Dion, we only have Arba Kaisis. Why? Because of Zuk, because we're the Shash of Zugais. So we only do things in pairs. So one of the, um, but I, Leil Shimurim, so you say, so it's because it's Leil Shimurim, there might be a, a reason why one can not have to worry about it and he would be able to have a fifth case. So this is also a suffix that, that again, would be in certain versions of this piece of Tyra with Eliyahu being Paishit is also in the Sugi of Zugais. And um, this is found in the Zugais aspect with the opening of the doors in the base Alevi. Okay, anyway. So, so what what comes out is what what what's Nagel and Yamenu is that we don't have an we don't have a um we don't have a clear exact definition from all this material when exactly is it happening and when um, and what exactly is it behind because according to all this this has nothing to do with all the the material that I quoted in the beginning and this is because nothing to do with Eliyahu coming to the Seder Taka okay now. But let's just conclude with two very short points, and then we'll conclude with one last question, and that's as follows. Number one is, I mentioned again a few times, this Rabbi Yudavida, he prints this, this countress, and he brings down, Rabbi Shechagiz, which I quoted earlier, says that some people would sleep the whole night next to the Kaisha Lilio, but Ravida doesn't know why. Then he suggests, it has to do with, the similar to the Nakudav, where we unlock the door to show we eagerly await Elio and Mashiach's arrival, and then he says like this, maybe there's, there's a Leket Yaisher, from the Trumas Adeshans, uh, the Talmud recording what the Trumas Adeshans did, he would sleep on a bed that he learned on during the meal. He doesn't know what the reason for is. Cesar Bavida could be that he was sleeping dear to remind himself of this concept. On Pesach night, we are eagerly awaiting Mashiach. And that's the one of the Nakudas of this whole thing. It's not about if Eliyahu Navi does come and the kids are looking, if he's drinking and everything. The, the, what keeps on coming across is that on, on, on the Leila Seder, and this refers to the Vivesi actually, we're supposed to be thinking about the future. And this is clear in the Mekairis of the Rishayim and the Ga'inim about the opening of the door. That this is a night that Eliyahu Navi technically could come. And we want him to come. We're praying that he should come. Okay. Anyway, the Lukuti Chavar from the Talmud of Chsam Seifer, he also would mention that the Chsam Seifer would keep the cup the entire night and he would use it for when? The Kiddush the next morning. This would seem to be some type of connection with what the Chumas Hadesh and possibly according to Rabbi Davida's connection is. Okay. One last um, issue over here, Halachetik, is, is a chuva from Rabshim and Falk where he asks, Zalacha, you can't bring a full loaf of bread on the table before benching. Why? Because it looks like it's some type of this is a whole sugya in itself, and it's in Archaim. There's a Simon Shulchan Arach about it, the Magan Avram, they all talk about it. So, what's chat? Why, why can we prepare a glass of Kaisha Lilio and not have to worry about this shash? So, he says it could be that was only a time, and that's why we don't find in the Gemara such a thing, because in the times of the Gemara, there was such a shash to leave a Kais or a whole Lechem because it was a, a people who have the Zara. But today, we're not amongst Gayim who worship in Nazar Eifin. So, that's how come today there's a Kaisha Lilio, not as opposed to earlier sources. Okay. Now I'd like to conclude with one last Nikuda, and that is as follows. Eliyahu Navi, we're talking all about Eliyahu Navi, and this is a question, again, that some cynical people ask, and we'll see one such cynical person in a moment. How does Eliyahu Navi come to so many Siddharam? Not only that, some people say, if he's drinking so much wine, he's drunk. Okay. There's a different question um, I, I've seen um, brought down recently. He might have been a Nazir. So how, how are we even putting out the wine for him? Okay. Anyway, there was a Yid, 
um, a, a terrible, evil Yid, and we're not going to get into his story, but his name is Yaakov Frank. We have his autobiographical accounts, and this is in the 1650s. Um, he's writing as a kid. They would do the Kaishal um, Elio in his house. Okay? And then he would say, he says like this, but he, he asked, how could people believe in such a thing that you believe that he's coming to so many houses, he could go to so many houses and drink so many cups of wine? Anyway, it seems that people were bothered by such a question. So just to address this, it's false. The, the, the Rekeach says, Elio Zachel has many shlichim. So let's say when there's a bris mila on Shabbos, he has to be in a bunch of places. And furthermore, there's tchumen milamailo. He has shlichim lemato. He has malochim that he sends to all different places, and they could go everywhere. Um, and that's how it works. It's not that Eliyahu Hanavi himself is coming. It's through shlichim of malachim. Okay, this is above my pay grade, but there's a state in the Rekeach and various makayos. And it, it seems by Eliyahu Navi, people were very bothered by this because by Eliyahu Navi, by, by bris mila, because as I said, Eliyahu Navi comes to every bris. How can he be by every bris? Even though I've obviously Lila say that there's more happening at once and he has to be, he has to synchronize the timing. So there's a Sefer Nitzachin from the, written in the early 1400s that he also talks about. He says, I understand. We, we believe that the Malach HaMavis could kill someone more than one person at the same time. So we see there's a concept, obviously. So he says it's not such a kasha. But he, he was he was writing in the Skiba Sefer Nitzachar because this is what people said. And uh, Professor Daniel Asker has a whole article documenting um, different aspects with this Nakuda with the Sefer Nitzachar. And I saw Interestingly enough, in a Chibur Ir Vilna, a fascinating Sefer on Vilna, so volume two came out from manuscript a few years ago. So in the in the newspapers in Hakarmel in the 1850s, 1860s, I believe it was, this was a, a subject that many people, that, that a few people wrote in. I did not collect the, the, the articles yet, what they say, but basically, how could it be that Elio is at a bunch of places? Anyway, so this is this is just a, a, a tam, a te'ima, a, a, a brief discussion of what lies behind the um, the cup for the visitor, Eliyahu Navi, and this is just some of the nukudis that one could um, find if one researches the topic, but obviously is Tyre Zain Ladaver Saif, and one's more than welcome to jump into the rabbit hole with me and continue to journey and see what many more people say about it, but that's for a different time. Thank you very much. Once again, we'd like to thank the sponsor, a friend of Rabbi Moshe Hovner. Go out, get yourself the Minchas Chinuch on Pesach, two volumes. You'll see a fascinating Sefer. I've already seen it. And it's with the Minchas Chinuch style and um, really beautiful to enhance understanding the various mitzvahs that we do on Pesach. Rabbi Brat, thank you. This was really, really fascinating. Again, if anybody would like um, access to some of the PDFs that Rabbi Brat mentioned, please email him, eliezerbrat at gmail.com. Questions, suggestions, critique, and everything, all welcome. Any language to Rabbi Brat or myself, Moshe Shwade. My email address is shwadem at ou.org. Everybody should have themselves a wonderful day.